to all of you who have listened, shared and connected with me, thank you. I started Empower with Mahi because my deepest passion is for women to feel empowered. My new business, Organize Her, is no different. The tools we create are designed to give the busy woman back her peace of mind by helping her keep her shit together and get stuff done. Our vision is for women everywhere to feel in control of their lives, confident within themselves, and have enough time for everything that matters to them. And I am so excited to announce that Organize Her has officially launched and our productivity planner is available now at our website in addition to our digital moneymaker budget tracker. Those of you who have followed along throughout 2023 know how much time and thought has gone into these productivity planners and I know I am totally biased because this is my baby but I am completely obsessed with the planner and I know you will be too. Our website link is in the description organizeher.co and from the bottom of my heart thank you for inspiring me to fulfill my purpose for your ongoing support and for being a part of this journey with me. This is Empower, the podcast that motivates you to start living your best life as your best self. My name is Mahi Sorensen. I'm a former lawyer turned podcast host, content creator, and now your personal hype woman. Thank you so much for joining me where we chat all about growth, goals, and living with intention. No matter how life is feeling for you today, this time is yours, so let's make it count. Kia ora te Welcome back to Empower. It has been a massive two weeks. I feel like I've been saying that every time I record an episode, but I really mean it this time. If you follow me on Instagram or if you're on the email list for Organize Her, you will already know that last week I dropped the first product and no, it was not the productivity planners because those are on a ship somewhere still making their way to New Zealand, but I am impatient. So I created the coolest digital product that I have ever made and it is the Organize Her Moneymaker Budget Tracker on Notion. So it's a digital automatic budget tracker. It uses the 50-30-20 money management method as a default and it's designed to help you stay on top of your finances once and for all. And it's super easy to use. You really just pop in your income, pop in your expenses, and it automatically tells you how much you have available to budget for your needs, for your wants, for your savings or debts. And as you put in your expenses, it tells you overall how much money you have left over. So like if you don't have as many expenses this week as you did last week, it'll tell you that there's more money left over that you can allocate either to other expenses or needs or wants, etc. And I've done that on purpose. Like I formulated it to just tell you automatically, which I love because I don't want to do maths. I just want to be told how much I can spend. It's available as monthly, fortnightly or weekly, totally up to you. And it also has a little section for your financial goals, again, with automatic progress bars. I'm pretty stoked with it, obviously, and I know that many of you have already purchased it and are really pleased with it. Of course, I'm really keen to hear all feedback, good and bad, because I really just want to make sure I'm producing tools that are high value and work and make sense. Otherwise, there's no point. So if you want to check out the Moneymaker Budget Planner yourself, I have got the link in the bio, but you can also access it via the Organizer website and, of course, on Instagram. So with all of that buzzing around in my brain, it only makes sense that today's episode is all about money and how to stop constantly stressing about it. 
as someone who was once plagued by crippling money anxiety, I do think there was like a solid 18 months of my life when I look back now and I really can't remember much else besides being very stressed about my finances. And I think I needed that in order to get my A into G and start being serious about my money management, but it wasn't pleasant. So if you are in the same boat now, today we're talking about some of the reasons you worry about money and what you can do to alleviate those worries. Because I think even now I feel like I'm way more on top of my money. There's always an awareness of my financial circumstances and certainly there can be instances when I am stressed out about money. But that's fine, like I can handle that. That's manageable and that's normal. But I think what is not manageable is living in this constant state of heightened stress and anxiety due to your finances because that's what leads to burnout and feeling too overwhelmed to just make even simple everyday decisions, let alone figuring out how to get yourself out of that situation. It's really important that this is something that you prioritize because financial stress is the biggest factor impacting our well-being at the moment and not just as individuals but also in our relationships and in our communities as well. So let's get into it. Five reasons you worry about money and how to stop. Number one, you don't trust yourself to make the best decisions. You don't learn about personal finance at school and I think unless you're privileged to grow up surrounded by other people who you could learn from, money management is one of those things that requires you to make the personal commitment to learn and practice. And I feel the same way about voting given that we are now just a few weeks away from the 2023 election here in New Zealand. You don't learn about voting or the elections or politics at most schools in New Zealand. And honestly, I feel like the people who are most engaged in the voting process and in the elections and have strong opinions about politics are the ones who have gone out of their way to learn about it or who are involved with voting and politics to some degree in their job or they have been surrounded by other people who are also very informed. And so they've been able to learn more and can now engage as an informed voter. Like I know that for myself, there have been people in my life who I met and who really just didn't care about voting in the election because they had never been surrounded by people who cared about voting in the election. And it wasn't until I was like, you know, I don't care who anyone votes for, but it's really important that we're all exercising our right to vote because many people don't have that right to vote. And I really feel like if you don't vote in the election, then you can't complain about anything for the next three years (laughs) because you didn't you had an opportunity to have your say and you didn't take it. And obviously that's just my personal belief, but it wasn't until I was able to sort of explain how the voting system worked and why it is important that then some of the people around me who before hadn't even thought about voting are now really involved in the process and want to talk about politics and want to, you know, take policies and policy announcements really seriously. All of that is just because I was able to have that conversation with them. And I feel like it's the same thing with finances. The only solution, if you feel like you don't trust yourself to make the best decisions and maybe you weren't surrounded or aren't surrounded by people who speak openly about finances or at least want to help each other to learn more and be more informed, the only way that you can build your confidence is to take responsibility for your own learning yourself and 
do a course or read a book or find things online or start consuming more content around money management and think about how it applies to your own life. Clearly, you're already doing that because you're listening to this episode, but it's the only way that you can, like I say, build your confidence and learn to trust yourself to make the best money decisions. Knowledge is power. Nothing beats being informed and being educated. And not only for yourself, but then you have the ability to share your knowledge with others. Like it's not your fault that you weren't handed knowledge by the people around you, but that doesn't mean that you have to carry on through life feeling uncertain about financial decisions or relying on other people to make decisions for you. You can do that for yourself and you have the power to do so, but it's just about being like, you know what, I can't wait on someone else to come in and save my life and help me out of the situation. So it's time that I start taking control of the situation as best that I can and do what I can to learn more so that I can trust myself to make the best decisions, so that I do feel informed, so that I do feel confident about a way forward and a way out of a bad financial situation. Number two is the disconnect between your spending habits and your values. That icky feeling when you decide to spend money on something when you know deep down you should probably not be spending money on that thing and I want to say like even choosing to buy lunch when you know you have food at home is one that you can probably let slide but to be honest when you start doing it over and over again that's a habit and one that will add up and don't get me wrong I'm also not one of those people that live in the camp of stop buying a coffee a day because it all adds up I'm not in that camp. I don't believe in that, provided you have factored that spend in and it's planned and it's not something you feel guilty about because it's really about that, that guilt. It's the guilty spends that we're talking about here. Something I've started doing actively more recently is before I buy something, I'll ask myself if no one saw me buying this or if I buy this and I couldn't tell anyone about it, would I still want it? Because I think we underestimate the amount of performative purchases we make a lot of which are subconscious because we feel like we need to prove something to someone and is that really how you want to be spending your money you know I don't know maybe it is that's okay you can probably turn this episode off now if that's if that's how you feel about it but yeah I found that it's quite useful to be fair I'm pretty stingy anyway like if I'm being honest these days I'm I'm pretty stingy it's easy to be stingy when you work from home you don't really need to leave the house um, but I suggest giving that a go if your discretionary spending is something you need to just pull into line a little bit. Another common thing to do is to wait 24 hours before making a purchase so that you don't succumb to the quick impulse buys and you can take some time to actually reflect on whether you want to make that purchase like for real. Does it actually align with your values? Does it actually make sense in terms of where you want to head into the future? Is it going to interfere with your long-term goals, short-term goals, whatever? It's so nuts how you can work yourself into the right mood to impulse buy when it feels almost like the world will end if you don't buy that outfit or that dress right now. And then if you leave it for 24 hours and then return to make that decision, it's often just so easy to pass on it. That's all about managing your spending habits and giving yourself the time to really evaluate whether a potential purchase is one that you'll be happy with in the long run. If you are a little bit of a workaholic like me and you are trying to incorporate more movement into your life but you feel like you don't have enough hours in your day, look no further. 
Get yourself a DeskBird standing desk to upgrade your workspace, transform your routine and boost your productivity. Our generous friends at DeskBird will give you $40 off any DeskBird desk purchase if you use the discount code MIHI40, that's M-I-H-I-4-0. DeskBird also offers free shipping New Zealand-wide, 10-year warranties and as a long-time customer myself, I would not be recommending them to you if I didn't 100% believe in their product. Visit deskbird.co.nz, the link is in the description and if you do buy a desk, please let me know what you think of it. Number three is that you're not clear on your goals. I think it's one thing to say you want to be rich or you want to make lots of money or you want to be in a better financial situation even, just to say something like that. Humble goal. (laughs) But I think it's another thing to actually do something about it. There used to be someone in my life who was absolutely convinced that they were going to win the lotto and win really big on the lotto to the extent that they were incredibly lazy because they really believed and hoped that lotto would give them the life that they aspired to. They also had somewhat of a gambling addiction, so I suppose it makes sense. But I mean, I'm all about manifesting, but having the goal of winning lotto so that you can live life comfortably that's not serious. Like that's not a real goal that you can work towards and see your effort actually contributing towards the final result. That's luck and that's relying on luck. And sometimes it's really easy to say that we want things without thinking them all the way through. So being really clear on what your goals are, being specific about them, that's the best way to get some clarity So then you can actually just start working your way back because say, I don't know, I want to save $10,000 by December 2024 or June 2024, whatever, by whenever I want to save $10,000. I could figure out how much money I need to save each week or each fortnight in order to achieve that goal. I know that I would need to allocate that money to a separate account and I would probably need to lock it so that I can't touch it. And I know that if I just follow through with those things, and there'll be other things on that list as well that I would need to do personally. If I do all of those things, there is a 0% failure rate. I will achieve that goal. And obviously that was just an example, but you want to start being really clear with your financial goals. What are they? Do they have a deadline? Most importantly, what do you actually need to do to achieve those goals? Know what you need to do to achieve them and then do something about that because saying you want to be rich and then doing nothing about it, it just doesn't cut it. Fourth reason that you might be worrying about money is that you are trying to fulfill unrealistic expectations. This one is major, and I don't even know if I've spoken about this on here before, but it was it was a significant moment in my life, you know. The best example that I have is the experience that I had when I moved away from home. I moved up to the North Island. I'd just turned 23, and I was determined to live that independent growing woman life I also had zero concept of grown up bills so I moved into this apartment that I was renting on my own and absolutely could not afford on my pay and my pay wasn't bad it was actually pretty good at that time for my experience because I was still practicing as a lawyer at that point but it wasn't like live on your own in a nice apartment with new furniture and learn how to be a real grown up at the same time good pay you know, (laughs) it wasn't that good. And the reason I did that was because I was really trying hard to fulfill the expectations, the unrealistic expectations that I had been feeding since I was a kid about what I wanted my life to look like when I moved out of home, even though I couldn't afford it. 
And I ended up paying for that in more ways than one, don't get me wrong. Best lesson I could have had and a very harsh wake-up call that I think I needed. But if this is something you think you might have an issue with, I think the most helpful thing you can do is just crunch the numbers. How much money do you need to make in order to fulfill your expectations versus how much you're actually making? And then instead of living a lifestyle that is outside of your pay bracket, figure out where you're willing to make sacrifices for now and focus on what you need to do in order to make the amount of money that you need to live comfortably according to you know your values and what you aspire towards in the future. There is a lot of energy, I think, that goes into trying to live a life that you can't afford, especially when you feel tied to it. So you need to let it go and you need to focus on what you can do today to get closer to those expectations so that they are realistic for you in the future. Otherwise, if you keep trying to live out those unrealistic expectations today when you can't afford to do so, the chance of you getting there, very low, because all you're going to do is dig yourself deeper into a worsening financial situation. And then lastly, number five, you don't have a safety net. Living pay to pay is stressful. Living pay to pay is next level stressful when you know there are people relying on you to live. Knowing that you are constantly one car breakdown or one broken window away from a situation you won't be able to afford is like living on the brink of a mental breakdown constantly. It's kind of like living within the mental breakdown constantly. (laughs) This is why an emergency account is so important. And I speak as someone who has been absolutely draining my emergency account over the last six months or so. It's made the world of difference to me. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. Everyone needs an emergency account. You know how sometimes random life events separate your life in two? Like in your mind, for example... There was life when I was consumed by the law and there has been life since I left the law and it feels like two different lives. I feel like that's the vibe for me when I think about my finances and money management. Life shifted dramatically for me when I started an emergency account. And if you are one of those people that really doesn't have a dollar to spare, sell anything you don't use around the house and then set up an AP of $5 a week or however much you can spare to start building up that emergency account It doesn't matter how much is in there because every little bit helps. Like nothing can describe the relief of knowing that the bill won't hurt as much. You might not even have enough in your emergency account to cover all of it, but it will still make it easier when you're hit with unexpected expenses and you can pull money from that account and it will reduce the hit that you would have felt if you didn't have any other money to put towards it at all. And with all of these solutions that I've spoken to today in this episode, clearly a good place to start is with a budget. And you can use a tracker like the one that I've created or use a spreadsheet or use a piece of paper. You can use whatever you want, but you really need to know how much money you have coming in and how much you have going out regularly in order to get on top of your money. Like that's the basics. And then from there, you need to figure out how much you need to allocate to pay for all of the things that you need to survive and then figure out what you want to do with whatever is left over, if there is anything left over. That's all up to you, but figure out how you want to budget best for you, because I've found, in my experience, it takes a lot of trial and error to find the right system for you, but you won't find it if you don't start and just try with something. So that's really what I encourage you to do. Anyways, that is all I have to talk to you about 
today. So hopefully there were some helpful takeaways for you in this episode. You might feel a little bit more empowered to tackle your finances or perhaps you just have a better idea of where to start or the sorts of things that you might want to try. Like I said, obviously I've got my Organize Her Money Maker Budget Tracker. That's just one of many tools that you can use to help you get your money in order. There's also no harm in just writing everything down or doing a dreaded line by line through your bank statements. Um, emotionally, there might be some harm associated with that, but like it's it's for the best, babe. You've just got to <laughs> just, you know. To be honest, I think as long as you are doing something to get on top of your money management, you're doing good. It's better than doing nothing, right? All you can ever do is your best. And if you feel like you're doing your best, then that is absolutely enough. On that note, I will love you and leave you. I appreciate that you've taken time out of your day to listen to me. So make sure you do something kind for yourself today and I will chat to you in two weeks time. 